0: Hello and welcome to Cardio Care Now, a special podcast series led by Dr. Seth Martin. Dr. Martin is a cardiologist and an associate professor at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore, Maryland. The views of the speakers are their own and do not reflect the views
1: of their respective institutions or consultant 360 Welcome back to the Cardio Care Now podcast series. We are really lucky to have joining us today as our expert guest, Dr. Jesse Golbis from the University of Michigan. Dr. Golbus is a cardiologist and a heart failure expert at the University of Michigan. And I've had the pleasure of collaborating with Dr. Golbis in the AHA Health Tech and Innovation Network, where our teams at Michigan and Hopkins have had a really deep interest in cardiac rehabilitation and looking into technology as a way to increase access to cardiac rehab. So one of the reasons we're particularly lucky to have Dr. Golbus joining us is she recently led an American Heart Association scientific advisory on the topic of digital technologies and cardiac rehab. So I'm looking forward to picking Dr. Golbus's brain around this advisory and really uh, deeply exploring this topic of the intersection of technology and cardiac rehab. So welcome, Dr. Golbus. Thanks
0: so much, Dr. Myron, for having me here today. It's, it's really a pleasure to, to join you and, and to be able to dive into this work, which I'm really excited and passionate about.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. So, so just to, you know to kick things off, I think it is worth just talking to a high level around cardiac rehabilitation, what it is. I mean, in general, I know that you've had an interest in physical activity and exercise and, and cardiac rehab. It really, you know, brings things together in a in, as a program for patients in the secondary prevention setting. But can you just to level set for us, kind of share with us what is cardiac rehab? Kind of what are the basic, what's the basic evidence and guideline recommendations around cardiac rehab?
0: Yeah, that's a, a great place to start. So cardiac rehab is a medically supervised exercise and lifestyle program for patients who have cardiovascular disease. So it is so much more than just exercise. It's education around uh, different lifestyle behaviors that have known to increase risk of patients having a secondary cardiovascular event. So things like smoking cessation, for example, or nutrition, that's all an integral part of cardiac rehab and goes hand in hand with the supervised exercise component. And that supervised exercise is typically delivered as two to three sessions a week for as many as as 12 weeks. Uh, And there's really robust data out there that supports the the benefits in terms of morbidity and mortality for patients with cardiovascular disease. And so it has a class one recommendation from the AHA and the American College of Cardiology for many cardiovascular conditions, given this, this strong evidence base to support support benefit in our
1: patients. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, clearly this is something that as clinicians for patients who qual- meet the qualifications for cardiac rehab, which basically is having a cardiovascular event or procedure such as, you know, having a, an, an MI status post-PCI or cabbage or bypass surgery, even chronic heart failure, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Jesse
1: um, yeah. qualifies which is one of those that's often forgotten, I guess, um, but having chronic stable heart failure for a few months. So there's a lot of, I mean, this is the kind of thing where as active clinicians, we're going to see patients that qualify for cardiac rehab all the time. It's really a comprehensive program. It has this core of exercise, but a comprehensive program that brings these key pieces together to mitigate risk of recurrent events and to improve quality of life and longevity. So I you know I love the fact that it is such a well established and evidence based program. I honestly think in the future of medicine we probably will have more and more kind of organized programs like this that are tailored to certain patients and clinical conditions. But the challenge I guess we've run into right is that despite the evidence and despite so many patients who could benefit, the majority of patients don't participate in cardiac rehab. Can you shed a little more Light on what the current state of affairs is and, and kind of what some of the barriers have been?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I love that you highlighted heart failure, which is obviously near and dear to my heart. To, to put it in perspective, about, you know, depending on, on the numbers that you're looking at, anywhere from four to 6%. So incredibly low numbers, four to 6% of eligible heart failure patients participating in cardiac rehab. But that's really just one small subset of of the population. So consistently, it's been shown that women, older individuals, some uh, racial and ethnic minority groups are participating in cardiac rehab at rates far below those that would be expected. And, and also people living in, in certain communities. So particularly people in more rural communities. And, and, you know, I think that there's multiple reasons for, for why that's the case and and depends on the specific population, but, but it, it, frankly, comes down to to issues of of access. You know, it, it is a commitment, and it's often structured in a way that makes it difficult for people to attend cardiac rehab, given um, some of their, their commitment. So, right, it's two to three times a week, you have to go to a cardiac rehab center. So your schedule has to allow you to go to the center, there has to be a center that's accessible. And frankly, issues of copays pays come up. And even though, Sometimes these are, these are small. They add up over time because we're talking about 36 sessions here. And so the barriers differ by, by different populations, but certainly there are really large swaths of the population that are, that are not well represented in cardiac rehab. And, right. and really that's been the motivation for thinking about kind of some of these alternative delivery models and, and some creative solutions to help address this
1: gap. Right, right. And it it really seems like we're now at a time where the technology is there to allow us to re-engineer the delivery of cardiac rehab to make it so much more accessible to many, many more patients and not necessarily to replace traditional cardiac rehab, but just to increase the access. And it may be that patients participate in a hybrid, right, of both uh, traditional and digital forms of cardiac rehab, but that we're now really making it more accessible to, to many more patients. So there, as part of this scientific advisory of the HA that you led and was just recently published, the first kind of section of that article looks at the landscape of digital technology. So maybe you could speak a bit more about that, that landscape and the future directions using technology. It, it's actually an area that's been investigated now, explored for for a number of years, right? But before the technology was a little more kind of simplistic, right? And now with the acceleration of technology, there really is this exciting chance to really be able to um, to scale up cardiac rehab.
0: Yeah, that's right. So just to, I think to start out to level set. So when we're talking about digital
1: technology,
0: I just wanted to make sure that we were all kind of operating under the same definition here, um, because that has not been standardized. So in, in this particular piece, we use digital technology to refer to care delivered through the internet, wearable devices and mobile applications, as well as emerging computational methods. So things like artificial intelligence. So what we didn't focus on in this was telephone only studies, and there's actually really robust evidence to support support home-based cardiac rehab using telephone. It was actually the focus of a, of a separate scientific statement, but is not what we focused on in this piece. So I just wanted to kind of set that up front. Yeah,
1: yeah that's a super helpful distinction. Thank you.
0: So one of the things that I really liked about how we thought about this article is is that we took a really holistic approach to thinking about digital technology and and thought about how it can be used to augment many different forms of cardiac rehab. So we thought of of the digital technology as an adjunct to in-person cardiac rehab. We thought about it, how it can be used to facilitate Asynchronous cardiac rehab, and then as an adjunct to uh, synchronous real-time audiovisual cardiac rehab. So that's a situation where the patient may be at home, and the cardiac rehabilitation team is another in another facility, but then they're communicating in real time. And so we thought about how the digital technology can be used in all of those different formats.
1: Absolutely, I like how you broke that down there because it really uh, is an opportunity to have these different um, pathways within which patients can engage with cardiac rehab that really best meets their their needs and the digital technology can kind of fit in and, in, a, in a different way and and so really just increases the flexibility for for our patients that we serve. So as we think around sort of the development and evaluation and integration of digital technology, maybe you can go through some of the kind of the key, the key pieces there because, you know, clearly we're moving beyond the telephone now, right? And there's a, a lot of possibility here. So when uh, can you just highlight some of the key pieces that came out of our scientific advisory? And, and by the way, I would encourage everybody listening to check out after this conversation to really check out this scientific advisory. It has both the, you know, the, the text content that was really uh, um, carefully developed and edited, right, by all of our co-authors and yourself. Uh, as well as graphics that really highlight the key components that were worked on together with the HA graphics team. So, uh would encourage everyone to read the content, but can you pull out some of the the key pieces there, Jesse?
0: Sure. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I think just to just to start about kind of where there where there is evidence to support the digital. Supporting digital technologies and where we need more data. So maybe I can I can start there, and, and then we can kind of move on to to some of the the subsequent pieces if if that sounds all right. Um,
1: absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, and I think that this really been led by um, your team as well at Hopkins. A lot of the work to summarize the evidence on, on digital technologies, and and that really nice review that you came out with in in 2021, but showed that you know generally digital technologies, while they're um, heterogeneous, have have generally been shown to improve functional capacity in in aggregate. And there have been other studies that have kind of looked at the specific components of those digital interventions that have been most effective, but things like real-time feedback or correctional goal setting, for example, have, have been some of the studies that have been potentially most effective generally however the the studies have been small and proof of concept studies so we're talking about things that are less than uh, talking about studies that have less than 100 patients so so again most studies on aggregate have been effective but heterogeneous and I think that there are a couple of gaps that we highlighted that hopefully will motivate future studies. So the focus of using the digital technology has been predominantly on physical activity and exercise training. But really this this technology, I think the next step is to think about how we can integrate many of the other core components of cardiac rehab. So things like lipid or diabetes management, nutrition, and, and smoking cessation into these digital
1: platforms. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. That's such a key point that we, you know, we've had our some of our patients that have participated in some human-centered design sessions and focus groups say that cardiac rehab is more than just a gym, right? You know, although that's a very important component to exercise, it is, Be goes beyond that risk, you know, risk factors such as cholesterol, like you said, where we know there's huge gaps in actually implementing all the great therapies that, that we now have. And it's interesting to look back at the history of cardiac rehab. I I've actually talked with our mutual colleague, Pat Dunn from HA about this. And, and we've looked back at some kind of, you know, older papers where it's interesting that LDL cholesterol, cholesterol is actually like a, a key outcome of some of the early cardiac rehab literature. And now, and that was, that predated all the th- Know not just statin but non statin therapy Mm -hmm. that that we have now, so we have such a strong ability to lower LDL cholesterol levels to prevent AS, you know, recurrent ASCVD events in the secondary prevention population. But and cardiac rehab because it brings these key pieces together as part of a program, clearly, exercise, although very important, is not going to be the sole treatment for cholesterol levels, and so it's a chance to really integrate those pieces. And I think it speaks to the the, the need to kind of use technology to help uh, address that as well as to integrate cardiac rehab programs with, you know, if you have a lipid clinic at your institution to have collaboration coordination between the, the program. So I'm glad that you you brought up risk factor modification because we really have a unique chance now with with both the evolution of technology as well as evolution of treatments um, for risk factors, including now beyond lipids, you know, therapies like GLP-1 that where you can, you know, it not only improve someone's weight a substantial amount, but also the, the risk factor profile across the board. So there's really a great opportunity here to, to really for cardiac rehab programs to have a strong emphasis on, on risk factors. Of course, patient education is really key There And I think that the idea around patient education, particularly at a like appropriate literacy level, also ties in with concepts around health equity. And you actually brought some of that up, Jesse, earlier in the conversation around health equity. And we do have that as a dedicated section in the scientific advisory. Do you want to maybe dive into that topic a little bit more around what some of our writing groups kind of thoughts were around equity and cardiac rehab?
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I would love to kind of highlight some of that work, and, um, and also
1: feel free. to, I know I just brought forth a, quite a number of thoughts too, so feel free to respond to any of those too.
0: Um, no, I, I, I think that's great. We, I think we can we can dive into into equity here because I think that that's a nice transition, and so I um, really highlighted how you know this concern about how rapidly advancing technology may has the potential to exacerbate the exclusion of of certain groups, introduce digital biases, and and widen this digital divide, which is actually kind of the opposite of what we want to do. um, By using digital technology, we want to increase um, access. And, And I think that there are unique issues that come up when you talk about digital technology. So there's issues of connectivity, affordability, accessibility, that has the potential to disenfranchise unique populations. So, we're talking about older adults, frail patients, but also individuals with visual, auditory, and fine motor impairment. So, for example, many of the smartwatches have very small screens, and potentially that could disenfranchise people with visual or fine motor impairment. So, I I think that, you know, our, our, writing group thought a lot about these important issues and i think you know a couple of things that we talked about is is really kind of the role of the clinician in matching the patient with the technology so not making it an impersonal solution where we we just give people the technology and and they you know are expected to to be able to use it we we talked about one, selecting the right technology for the right patient. So maybe gravitating towards a mobile application that doesn't require a smartwatch if they have visual impairment or a smartwatch with a much larger screen. And then also investing in in human resources to onboard patients and and also staff to ensure that everybody has the appropriate um, knowledge and competency to, to use the technology. So those were those were some of the things that our our writing group talked about. We also have a a really Nice uh, figure in the piece, which I'll I'll direct everybody to that kind of talks about the the life cycle of um, equity-centered digital health and cardiac rehab. So it's not a one and done phenomenon, but um, you know, appropriately developing and implementing these digital solutions, and then having plans in place to reassess and ensure that that you know we are achieving health equity.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm, you know, hopeful that our conversation will inspire our colleagues who are listening to, to possibly step up and become a champion for, for equity and access to cardiac rehab in your own hospital or institution. And I think this science advisory will serve as a great resource. And, and I think, you know, we, we as well, uh, Dr. Goldbus, myself, and our colleagues can also serve as resources as you kind of navigate conversations within your your institution to really advocate i think it's it's certainly you know just a start to to kind of see what's currently being done but then to really start asking questions around what's possible to to leverage technology and we at our institutions we are both leveraging technology as part of cardiac rehab and you mentioned there's certain aspects of it when you first start just around staff training so i think we'd be happy to kind of share our experience with, with those types of steps. But why don't we, maybe that does start to get into implementation. Why don't we talk some more around, you know, implementation? This obviously, there's a evolving landscape here with respect to reimbursement for cardiac rehab. There, there was certain, during the pandemic, there were certain changes that post pandemic, there's now active kind of legislation in the works to increase access to cardiac rehab. But, you know, ultimately it is about kind of the value proposition for our patients, for our hospitals, health systems, for payers. So I get, you know, Jesse, what is that value proposition and what should folks that are first starting to kind of develop an interest in this field um, kind of look at in terms of implementing in their own hospital or health system?
0: yeah, thanks for thanks for highlighting that. So we really thought about this within the the quadruple aim framework. So we thought about digital technology and cardiac rehab and its impact on population health, the patient experience, costs, and then work-life balance. And, and we really felt that that this kind of fired on all, all four of those fronts. So first, I think it's, it's this idea of bringing new patients into your health system. So people that were previously underrepresented in center-based cardiac rehab now have the ability to potentially access care to reduce cardiovascular morbidity and mortality, reduce hospitalizations, improve quality of life. I think we can all as uh, clinicians appreciate how valuable that is in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, you know, there's also value right there to health systems. I mean, you're you're now tying a group of patients to your health system that perhaps were not previously as connected. And, And so there's issues there, right, of, of reimbursement that are important to health systems and their sustainability. I think the other value is, is thinking about how this changes the cost structure of cardiac rehab. So one of the limitations historically of center-based cardiac rehab has been issues of, of space and staff. And, and there's only so much exercise equipment. And so um, these digital technologies can potentially resolve many of those issues. And, and studies have suggested that these are, are at least as cost effective as center-based cardiac rehab and, and may even prove to be more cost effective. And then finally, I'll, I'll just kind of highlight in terms of that implementation and value proposition piece. I think that it it potentially has has the ability to improve staff satisfaction. So, you know, thinking about how this can be delivered in flexible formats at flexible times um, certainly has the ability to improve work-life balance for for clinicians as, as well as patients so I, I think that there's lots of reasons to be excited about digital technologies in, in cardiac rehab from a value proposition
1: perspective absolutely very well said so the value proposition is is really quite uh impressive and and robust but we are still kind of on the leading edge of adopting digital technology in In cardiac rehab. And, and so it really, it really is an exciting future, the ability that it can really engage people in the context of their daily lives. And something that, you know, I think about is that, you know, it is a program and then you graduate the program and then, you know, ultimately you go about, you know, living your, your daily life. And so the more that we can kind of shift cardiac rehab to, to really engage people in the context of their daily lives outside of a center I think the, the more that it could really um, build that long term sustainability. And so, you know, just to reemphasize what we've said, this is not about replacing traditional cardiac rehab. Traditional cardiac rehab is very important. And, but as you said, there's limited equipment, right? There's a limited number of centers. There's been literature to suggest that only about a third to a half of patients, even if all the eligible patients participated, would have the ability to participate in a center if we filled up all the center slots. So there's just there's a need to find ways to to scale up access to to cardiac rehab and digital technology really is paving the way for that as you've really illuminated today. So I wonder as we kind of come towards the close of the conversation, kind of any additional thoughts that you wanted to make sure to to share to inspire folks to to read the uh, science advisory and and to really champion this type of program within their hospital and and health system kind of any any take home points or resources that you want to leave our audience with
0: yeah well i guess you know one one final point that i just wanted to make i mean, and i think we've kind of touched on this sporadically throughout our discussion but you know we are not you know, looking to replace center-based cardiac rehab, which is wonderful. And we're certainly not looking to replace the role of clinicians. I think one of the things that we really highlight nicely and kind of consistently throughout the piece is how digital technology can kind of augment the existing resources and, and make them go farther, how we can really make that clinician-patient relationship stronger, how we can leverage the data that's available to make those conversations more valuable to patients and and augment the benefits that they see beyond, you know, that traditional cardiac rehabilitation period. So again, it's not about replacing, it's about using the technology to augment and extend um, what exists, and and so that we can reach more patients and and have a more meaningful impact. And so I I just wanted to to say that out loud, because that was something that I, I really liked about the piece
1: absolutely and it can become a, a contentious point that you know especially for folks that have been part of the traditional world of cardiac rehab for for a long time it is a new way of thinking and approaching things so it is important that we really respect the, the traditions of cardiac rehab while still trying to innovate using technology so this is a great area for traditions to meet innovation and to that end i will say that to our listeners there are active Trials and really well funded studies happening now through the American Heart Association, as well as PCORI. Dr. Golbus and I are collaborating with Alexis Beattie and a team from UCSF, as well as other institutions, on a CORI, that's the Patient Centered Outcomes Research Institute, on a trial that's testing this kind of digital telehealth type of approach versus traditional cardiac rehab. So, there's going to be in the coming years more evidence to further drive this field forward. But even now, there's a chance to, to really start exploring this and taking action to leverage what we know and have on the technology side already within your hospital or health system. So if you're interested in have questions, feel free to, to reach out and, and follow up. And I'm really thankful for your time today. Uh, Jesse, Dr. Goldis joining us and sharing your uh, insights on this topic. And just thankful for your t- tremendous leadership on this science advisory from AHA.
0: Well, thanks so much for having me. It's, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure to, to be able to chat with you about, about this topic that um, we both think is, is so important.
1: Thank you so much.
0: For more cardiology content, visit our website, consultant360.com.